Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I am your host, Kim Smith. We're on episode 132, Joy Fills Hearts That Are Planning Peace. What do you think about when you think about planning peace? Usually when we're talking about this same concept throughout Scripture, we call people who are planning peace, we call them peacemakers. In the King James Version, many of us, if we didn't memorize the Beatitudes, we definitely have them in our memory banks where you've got blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the peacemakers. Today I want to talk about a peacemaker in Scripture. His name is Jonathan. We've been talking for the last few months about the book of 1 Samuel. And we've talked for the last few weeks after we got past our giant series, the giants that we face versus the Lord of Heaven's armies. We've been talking about young David, future king of Israel, and his relationships with King Saul, who was the first king of Israel, when the Israelites were just bound and determined to get themselves in a mess, and they thought the, the grass was greener where the places had an earthly king, and they demanded an earthly king, God gave them Saul. And repeatedly, we've already seen, but we're going to continue to see the consequences of their determination that they were going to be like others. And they thought that was the best thing. But Saul, well, Saul was not the best thing for anybody as king of Israel. Well, unless you count their enemies. He's so focused on David. A few weeks ago, we were talking about the fact that the ladies were singing that Saul had killed his thousands and David his tens of thousands. And Saul, instead of being so overwhelmed with thankfulness that God had used young David to save the Israelite army, to save face, to lead them in victory over the Philistines, all he could see was green. Green the green-eyed monster of jealousy as he looked at David. And David had zero, zero thoughts of malice or any kind of hurt toward Saul. But all Saul saw was a rival. You know, there are times in life where we're going to have an enemy, sadly. But we're not going to get out of this life without having enemies, whether we're aware of them or not. You can't live in this life without having enemies. Um, you know, just look at Jesus Christ, the one perfect man, and he had enemies that took him to a cross, that demanded that he be crucified. Saul and David, we're going to continue over the next few months to see the interplay between their relationship. We'll be looking at more of it again next week. But this week, I want to highlight the one who tried his best 
to be the peacemaker in the midst. Young Jonathan, well, I don't know exactly how young he was, but he was the prince of Israel. He was heir to the throne. He was a son of King Saul. And of all people who could have had a good reason, if there's ever a good reason to be concerned and have jealousy toward another, it would have been him toward David. Because Jonathan would have been next in line to the throne um, if it had gone in family line. But he loved David as he loved himself. And we spoke a few weeks ago of their incredible relationship, and we will speak of it many more times. This week, we're focusing on seven verses. So this is 1 Samuel 19, 1 through 7. So let's just read through those. Saul now urged his servants and his son Jonathan to assassinate David. I mean, he's not he's not hiding it now. I mean, he's, he's calling upon his servants to get rid of David. He's calling upon Jonathan to get rid of David. He's already tried himself to kill David, and that did not work. But Jonathan, because of his strong affection for David, told him what his father was planning. Tomorrow morning, he warned him. You must find a hiding place out in the fields. I'll ask my father to go out there with me and I'll talk to him about you. Then I'll tell you everything I can find out. The next morning, Jonathan spoke with his father about David, saying many good things about him. The king must not sin against his servant David, Jonathan said. He's never done anything to harm you. He has always helped you in any way he could. Have you forgotten about the time he risked his life to kill the Philistine giant and how the Lord brought a great victory to all Israel as a result? You were certainly happy about it then. Why should you murder an innocent man like David? There is no reason for it at all. In verse 6, I don't know that any of us are anticipating this to be the response, but it was. It says, So Saul listened to Jonathan and vowed, As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be killed. Afterward, Jonathan called David and told him what had happened. Then he brought David to Saul, and David served in the court as before. It's not going to last long, but as I read through this and was looking forward to this week's lesson, I just thought about the courage of Jonathan. The courage of Jonathan to stand up to his father and intervene on behalf of David. And I thought about my own life. How good of a peacemaker am I? Let's look at some of the verses that we have in Scripture that either talk about the importance of being a peacemaker, standing in the gap, or the exact opposite. So let's look at Matthew 5, 9. The one that in the... King James is translated, blessed are the peacemakers. It says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Who is the prince of peace? That is one of the names for Christ. In Isaiah 9, 6, in the prophecy, it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If we are to be Christians, 
which stands for little Christ, if we are to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God, we need to be people of peace. Does that mean in, in all circumstances and situations that we are going to strive for peace? We're going to strive for peace for God and peace with God. We're going to strive to always have ourselves in line with God's word, in line with God's commands, so that we are at peace with God. And many times that peace that we have with God is going to translate to peace that God pours in and through us to other people. But sometimes God is going to use us to disturb the peace, let's say, of the human traffickers, of the abusers. We're not always going to be looking for peace in certain relationships. We're not going to be trying to be peacemakers with evil. But we are to be peacemakers, to be intercessors in between, intervening to, instead of stirring up evil, stir up peace. Be that juncture between two people to make that connection and help them find common ground. Proverbs 12.20 says, Deceit fills hearts that are plotting evil. Joy fills hearts that are planning peace. That's where we got the title for this week's lesson. Joy fills hearts that are planning peace. You don't have to be concerned about feeling guilty when you are standing in the gap, bridging between two people, being the Prince of Peace. Like, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and we have the opportunity to represent Him, to be His representative, and to be that peacemaker in between two parties. Sometimes it's representing the peace that we need to make with others. It's not necessarily us being an intermediary between two others. It is us being a person of peace when it comes to our own relationships. Romans 12, 18, we went over not that long ago. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. That's talking about our own relationships. And some of us, we don't need to start with looking to be an ambassador of peace between two other people, such as Jonathan was. We need to start by being a person of peace and trying to bridge a gap with another human being. Some of the other verses in Proverbs. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. When you are a possible intermediary between two people, you can go one direction or another. You know, some people will say, well, I'm Switzerland. I'm going to stay neutral, but it's almost impossible to. It's almost impossible to. So which direction are you going to go? Are you going to be the troublemaker who plants seeds of strife where you look for opportunities to say, yeah, I can't believe he did that to you. Or are you going to look for opportunities to sow seeds of peace? Those seeds of peace may initially begin with prayers. 
they may begin with you praying for both parties that God will work in their hearts to break down their spirits of pride and to bring them to a place of peace. But I guarantee you that them, if you are the sower of strife, you yourself will not be at peace. You know, I used to work in an environment, a work environment, which at times was very toxic. And there were certain people that I always said were famous for stirring the pot. You know what I mean by that? Where they were always looking for opportunities to stir up strife, to put two parties against each other, or to try to drop seeds so that someone would grab hold of it and would be so intentalized. Is that a word? I don't know if that is a word. I may just make that word. Let's say so enticed. So enticed that they would um, they would jump into an argument. They would be looking for opportunities to cause people to be at odds with each other. Does that sound like anybody you know? I mean, I'm literally thinking of a face right now that's coming to mind that was a master at it. But I would hate to stand before God where my claim to fame was that I was so very good at stirring up strife between other people. We have opportunities when we have influence on people that we can either be people of peace or we can be people who stir the pot and cause trouble. Proverbs 26, 17 says, Interfering in someone else's argument is as foolish as yanking a dog's ears. Sometimes the writer of Proverbs can be very entertaining uh, when they are using examples from everyday life, but it gets the point across. Proverbs 15, 18, a hot-tippered person trying to paste something at the moment into the, the show notes. And so I'm having to slow down because it's my computer is old and it's slow. Um, and it's stirring up some strife for me at the moment. But it's a, the fact that a hot-tippered um, person stirs up, st starts fights. But a cool-tempered person stops them. Now, sometimes that's about our own interactions with another. But other times... You can be the one that because of your words, you will plant seeds for someone to go off the handle. Like, for instance, you tell them, knowing that it's going to stir things, 
you tell them what so-and-so said at the water cooler. Whereas it's not your conversation to have. Praying that they will know what is happening around them and, and become aware. I just think about the number of times that I've known of people who they were not peacemakers. And they weren't peacemakers because they did not have the Prince of Peace as their advocate living inside of them. They did not have that peace that passes all understanding that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And as a result, they were always looking for opportunities to sow seeds of discord, to stir the pot. Our weekly assignment is, in which relationship do you most need to work for peace? It may be a relationship that you have with another that is strained and you need to begin praying about how God would have you sow seeds of peace. It may be a struggle that people that you know are having, and it may be that God is going to have you be a messenger of peace in the midst. That's what I challenge you this week. I challenge you first and foremost to make sure that you are at peace with the Prince of Peace, that you are at peace with the Lord. Is there any, anything that you are allowing in your life that is causing you unrest in your spirit? whether it be a relationship, whether it be a pet sin that you continue to chase. Let's start there. Let's start there. In this, we didn't specifically see that Jonathan's relationship with the Lord was where it needs to be, but we've seen that in, in another lesson where we saw that Jonathan was seeing through God's eyes, where Saul was not. Jonathan was seeing through God's eyes, and as a result, he was seeing God's possibilities. And it surely looks that at this place, he was seeing through God's eyes, because he was seeing his, his best friend, he was seeing his father, he was seeing the strife that was happening, he could see that his dad really didn't understand and he did all that he could to be that messenger of peace in the midst. What's your reputation at work? What's your reputation in your family? Are you known as the peacemaker? Or are you known as the pot stirrer? Ah, I'm just... As God just placed that question on my heart. 
it causes me to stop. It causes me to reflect. I have a feeling that all of us could do a better job of restraining our tongue, restraining our opinions, so that a lesser amount of strife would be stirred. I think you can hear it in my voice that I'm really pondering that in my own life, which I'm always thankful when I do these broadcasts, when God works on me. And then when it comes to being a person of peace, in God's eyes, are you a person of peace or is he convicting you that you spend much more time stirring the pot? As we finish out this week's lesson, I challenge you, and I pray over you as I pray many weeks. I pray that God would search us and know our hearts, that he would test us and know our anxious thoughts. He would point out any offensive way in us, including a tendency to stir the pot, and that he would lead us in the way everlasting. Thank you for joining me this week. I ask you to look at the show notes down below. Uh, there are the extra verses. There's the main scripture for this week. There's the commentaries that I've used as I've kind of prepped along the way. Where I live, I live in South Louisiana. We are just a few weeks out um, from Hurricane Ida. At this exact time, I guess it is now three weeks ago, I was standing in my bathroom listening to wind sounds that I have never heard like that before and just praying and talking to God. There are so many that are hurting. There are so many they'll be hurting for years to come. And so I have in the show notes uh, a couple of suggested organizations that you might want to consider giving a donation to. That is Send Relief. Um, those are the yellow shirt people who come in after disasters, as well as the Convoy of Hope. That's just two of many. Samaritan's Purse would be another one that come in and are boots on the ground and there are hearts on the ground that are... Um, you know, standing in the midst of the many disasters that are occurring right now across the United States and then sadly some across the world. If you would take a moment to just share this, um, whether it be on your social media feed or to share it with somebody specifically, you know, this podcast is free for you to listen to. And I want God's word to go out to as many people. God, God placed this call on my life 132 episodes ago 
I started out not having a clue what I was doing, and I don't know a whole lot more now, but I do know that God has placed this call on my life, and I'm going to keep sharing his word until he removes that call. Your part of the call is to take the opportunity to share with others and to also accept the weekly challenge. In which relationship do you most need to work for peace? Is it your relationship with God? Start there. Is it your relationship with someone with whom you're estranged? Or is it a relationship that you need to be a person of peace, that you need to represent the Prince of Peace as you stand in the gap and you don't stir the pot, but you stand in the gap for peace? As we close out this week, I just want to remind you to remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. <music>